You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 189th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida, and our long national nightmare of the Slow Ride Podcast becoming a Minnesota Vikings podcast is now over with yet another failed victory. Little guy, how is it in Minnesota <laughs> on the ground? Um, well, in my house, uh, a little disappointed, but... Um, really don't care that much. I'm sure uh, my neighbor Pam across the street is probably crying right now. I should probably, rather than be talking to you dorks, I should probably be walking across the street sharing a beer with her and um, comforting her because I'm sure she's crying on her porch right now. Is she the Wi-Fi Chain smoking a pack of cigarettes. She's not the Wi-Fi. <laughs> she's just my my closest <laughs> hardcore Vikings fan. Um, and uh, I'm feeling for it right and, now. And so. Spencer, in the land of the Super Bowl champions, how are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing fine. Everything's peachy keen over here. <laughs> you <sighs> you you are, you sound like such a New England Patriots fan. So God, let's just it, guys, let's is just, there a game? You know, let's get into um, more obscure sports. You know, people have requested that we talk about snooker. Mm-hmm. Um, curling is coming up. Uh, the only highlight of the Minnesota Vikings game tonight was when they scored. They actually did a curling celebration. Um, so other obscure sports include cyclocross and bike racing, which is some of our favorite things, as you know. Yeah. Let's get right to it. Katie Compton is on fire, dominated the World Cup today, and then a very strong second place and second place in the World Cup overall for Caitlin Keogh mm-hmm. and uh, F, um, Pauline F. Prevost takes uh, third place in the home homeland in the French World Cup. So – Pretty cool stuff. Straight off the of Nationals, Katie Compton dominating wide angle podium sponsored rider. Yeah, I I think um, so far you haven't cursed her. I think she is on track for Worlds domination. Um, yeah, Super Rookie Curse still has two weeks with which to get his claws. Um, but uh, here's hoping that um, <clears throat> you know she she can keep it together because she's looking very very good. Sana Kant today. Maybe uh, shut it down after a little while, but uh, prior to that, still not able to hold uh, Compton's pace, which gives me great, great hope yeah. for a big, big party in two weeks from today. Now, I know that we are not the experts that are the folks over at Crosshairs Radio and Bike Shop CX, fellow Wide Angle Podium Network shows. However, do we need it to be muddy at the world championships for Katie to have a strong chance of winning? Or do you think at this point, any type of condition will be ideal for what Katie is uh, on her form right now? Uh, Spencer, you want to go? I got got an opinion. I I think uh, we just saw the Reno national championships. I think it was bone dry there. So dry that it was dusty and loose even, and uh, caused no problems for Katie. She put a ton of time into Caitlin Keogh. That was the closest competition today in uh, May. So, you know, if if she's putting time into somebody that's putting time into everyone else on the world stage, I, I wouldn't worry about it um, in both dry 
and uh, muddy conditions that we saw today in France. Yeah, you know, I think she, I think mud would be better. I think she, I think I think she'd rather ha, probably. I would like her to have a muddy race because I feel like uh, there's a few riders that are maybe a little quicker on on a good day, and but aren't going to be as quick through those those super hard, brutal and the and the really technical muddy races. But. I think mm, okay. Now the um. I highly recommend to you guys, I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but Bill over at Crosshairs did put up on his YouTube channel this week both kind of recaps of the men's and women's races at Reno. By the way, Bill, fantastic camera work running around that course. I thought he was on an ATV the way that he was covering (laughs) ground on that. And he's like, no, those are just my old legs and boy am I sore right now. But what he had was the, um, the whole setup of the course and he has a great interview at the end with Katie Compton. In which Katie just says, like, hey, I think my fans put more pressure on me than I put pressure on myself going into Worlds. I mean, she's very proud of her career, you know, 14 straight wins. It's almost like she's not publicly putting that pressure on herself as not having won the world. She's just like, hey, you know, there's reasons why I haven't won it, and it's okay. Um, I wonder, you know, we put a lot of pressure on her because we want it because we know that she is the best in the world for how many years, and we just want it to happen because it would be so great for her and – it's not even like we need that to to validate her career, but man, it would be really cool to just be able to see what she's been able to accomplish as a professional cyclocross racer, female cyclocross racer, which is even better considering the you know the the roadblocks that are put up um, over a, a female athlete versus a male athlete in by the UCI. So, yeah, uh, check out those interviews. Yeah. <laughs> Bill does, Bill does great work. That was awesome to see. Uh, it was funny to see him on the live feed. You could catch him like sprinting across the field and stuff, which he does surprisingly quick, like a gazelle, you might say, because he is like, I don't know if the listeners probably don't all know this, but he's like seven foot five. He's super tall, played basketball in college, uh, almost had a pro career before his knee gave out. It was a tragic story, but uh, he doesn't like to talk about it. He was going to go to Lithuania. Um, he actually paved the way for the Ball family to go over there. But, uh, you know, anyways, good stuff from Crosshairs Radio. Katie Compton, fantastic. On the men's side of race today at the World Cup in Name, France, uh, Matthew Vanderpool cleans up once again. Not really much of a, of a surprise there. Any takeaways that you guys saw in that race? I thought there was one. If he doesn't win the World <laughs> Championships, what a bummer, man. This yeah. Is- uh, it's 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 been it's, a pretty dominant year for that guy, but I did see one thing that surprised me today from Michael uh, Matthew uh, Vanderpool. What was that? It was his pit snafu. Did you guys see that? Mm, no. Uh, he went. I had a baby. He went in party. the pit oh. on uh, on lap one, and he was shoulder to shoulder with Toon Eretz, and he was trying to pass him in the pit lane in the pit with all the mechanics around. And got caught on the wrong side of Tunerts, couldn't get around him, and missed his mechanics for the bike exchange, went past them, had to stop mm. and like look around, locate his mechanics, and run backwards to get his pit bike, and dropped from uh, like second place to maybe sixth or so, and 30 seconds back, and of course, <laughs> closed that gap within another lap and a half or so, and uh, went on to win the race. Wins by 33 wow. seconds over Vout and Van Art. And uh, Toon Ertz in third place um, at two minutes, nine seconds. Uh, Americans didn't really show up in force at this uh, race. Um, You know, I I don't even think Hyde took to the start line. He did not. Kerry Warner was uh, there. 
Yeah, Kerry Horner and Eric Thompson were both there, 35 and 36th overall, respectively. Yeah, and Tyler Cloutier and Andrew Giuliano didn't even start. Uh, Ty- so there Ty- you go. Those are Tyler's the Canadian. Ah, okay. <laughs> Come on. Hey, don't mention that. Here, here's one for you. Um, what's this talk? I didn't watch the men's race. did watch the women's race. Of uh, everyone, I've, I'm seeing hashtags taking over, trending on my Twitter of uh, free Marais. Everyone's saying liberate Marais. What's what's going on with uh, the French national cyclocross here? This was another exciting, exciting uh, moment during this race. If you guys didn't see it, it is worth pulling up the feed. It'll be on the uh, NBC Gold app for replay and probably on the UCI if you have your tunnel bear up um, on their YouTube. Um, More, it was not caught on camera that I've seen what exactly happened, but the camera cut back to him at some point and he was laying face down in the mud in the race lane just outside of the pit, like over the little fencing from the pit. So like he had passed the pit entrance and then crashed somehow and ended up with his foot in Lars Vanderhaar's rear wheel. So completely tangled up that he could not get his foot out of the rear wheel. And he was just laying there face down with the bike stuck to him. And the mechanics and everybody hopped over the fence and were trying to help him get it out. And it wouldn't come out for like two minutes. And they eventually had to cut all bunch of the spokes to get his foot out. And once, once he was released, he immediately, like everybody was like, oh, he's fucking, he chopped his foot off. Like he broke his ankle. Like this is terrible. As soon as he was freed, he yeah. popped up. They gave him a bike and he kept riding. It was incredible. Wow. How did he not? I gotta check this out. Wait, so wait, wait, wait. What? It was incredible. What? So I'm assuming that the Fidea guys don't ride bladed spokes because his his <laughs> ankle wasn't chopped in half. No idea. But um, there's a lot. Of, but so okay. to to I'll make to matters, go, I'll have to go yeah, watch that. To make matters stranger. Lars Vanderhaar pulls out of the race a few laps later or a few minutes later, and Moray is disqualified at the end of the race. Why was he disqualified? For it's hard to say, but theory is when the mechanics gave him his bike back, it wasn't the same bike. Oh, uh, okay. Or at yeah. the very worst, it was it was cleaned. Like the they took it and were like, huh, okay. somebody free him, we're gonna clean his bike and give it back to him. And uh I think that's what that was. And Vandahar just lost so much yeah. time and probably actually couldn't change a bike as well and his wheel was destroyed. I'm not sure what was up with that, but uh, <laughs> a lot of misfortune there. And I, yeah, I wish I had more explanation for it. So but it's a mystery. It seems, what's what's going on with the shoes? Like shoes this year seem to be the story. Bill pointed this out that now it's like a common extra thing to have in the the pit like an extra pair oh, yeah. of shoes like i see this all the time it's like the boa straps are always breaking or something like i don't know what it hey, is but anything just... anything can go wrong with any part of your equipment and every single uci race this year i had alex's backup shoes in the pit in the pit bag with me um you know she could she could break a buckle she could bust a cleat out you know the sole could rip in half who knows um so i always had the pair there and we didn't have to use them but uh we were seems prepared like shoes a lot yeah. like seems like shoes are always uh causing issues uh lately but well there you yeah. have it um so the world cyclocross cup there's one more round left um i believe sonny kant has it wrapped up in the women's side and obviously matthew vanderpool has the uh, men's side all for the most part wrapped up um mm-hmm. with Val van art in a solid second place um 
other news that have come come across before we get into um, you know listener emails and uh, tweets. We've been, we've been making a joke about Tour Down Under. We're not going to get into the fact that uh, Daryl MP, I believe, won it. And then. Uh, wait, wait, you know, wait. Various yeah, other things. That? <laughs> That's not the guy who's supposed to win the race. What's going on? Yeah. Rich, Richie Port no, did I'm... win above on the hill. It's like Wollonga yeah, Hill, which apparently is the fifth like year in a row. Yeah. But the big story there was retroactively the government of New South Wales announced that they're going to actually pay the women's victors of the tour down under women the santos women's tour down under um the same prize money as the men's yeah which is a pretty rad story my only disappointment is too bad this wasn't in the beginning because that probably would have led additional teams to actually show up if there was that kind of prize money because then we would have seen maybe the entire movie star squad cervella bigla make that long expensive trip to um, australia rather than the composite teams that have taken place but it yeah. is a step in the right direction. Um, I guess we'll take whatever we can at this point. But uh, you know, women's racing is slowly coming on uh, par with the men's, and it's pretty rad to see. So, congrats to uh, for them for doing the right thing and uh, actually stepping up and uh, equaling out that prize money. Yeah, I gotta say, I was pumped um, just to see that now Tour Down Under's over. Um, the Richie Port Tour de France stories can start mm-hmm. popping up on cycling news and stuff because, like. I'm getting pumped, you guys. Like, Tour de France is only, you know, just a couple months away. It's just, like, right around the corner. And I really think Richie Port, this guy who's never really been able to put it together for three weeks, I feel like he's I feel like he's the favorite. Well, this year... Because well, he just finished second yeah. in a race, you know, like, and now. this race was, I don't know what, five stages? Four stages? Well, yeah, and I think that means in five months, he's definitely going to win a three-week race. Well, what's really... Um, painful about Richie Port's um, hopes to win the Tour de France is he's got a lot of trouble inside the team, you know, a lot of team dynamics because there's oh, someone yeah, else that that's going to be the leader. Yeah, so TJ yeah. may be the leader, despite claiming to be the super domestic. But. All, all joking aside, I'm happy Richie Port isn't broken after that crash at the Tour last year. Yes. Uh, as much as I'm not a yes. fan of him, and as much as I'm not a fan of the press that surrounds him and I have to see pop up all the damn time. I am excited that he didn't, you know, that crash didn't end his career to like, you know, make it so he couldn't ever walk in. It's nice to see he's back and he's actually back. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm at, excited at the front to of the see Peloton. That, that he's back. I'm happy to see that he's back. You know, I'm <laughs> yeah, happy yeah. to see that no, nothing I mean, happened I mean, to him. But I'm not like, whoa, Richie, like, man, cycling sucked without you. Um, well, it's always good. I mean, every time a guy goes down oh, that hard in the mountains, I, especially – it's it's not you know you think about then and then you hear that they're okay but then the next thought is always who knows maybe they'll never get back to that level you know maybe they'll just be some some Floyd Landis hip shit yeah oh man Floyd Landis speaking of which <laughs> Floyd Landis and Dave Zabriskie quick shout out if you guys go on YouTube um, State Bicycle they have this uh, they have this YouTube series called Riding Fixed Up Mountains with Pros. The first that two, one like was the like with one most of them with hipster one of them was with, I've ever heard of yeah, yeah. in my life. No, it is. I can't believe you watched this. Yeah, dude, it's it one comes of, out of a one time with Gaiman from was kind of a little. <laughs> the one with Gaiman was a little lame, but uh, the one with Floyd Landis and Dave Zabriskie climbing the mountain yeah. and they're riding like fixed gear, like the state bikes that are totally track geometry. And uh, like, <laughs> sounds terrible. Landis finally just gets off his bike and just starts walking up the mountain. He's like, "This is ridiculous." <laughs> <laughs> and they're just talking about pot, and it's hilarious. They're like, "What's the first drug you ever did?" And it's actually some good viewing. Like, check it out. I I recommend it. I did I did this right. teammates no, blood. I saw that Does that count as drugs? It was the like first thing I did. Like to see how Landis 
and Zabriskie interact with one another, you can see that they really are like best friends and they're hilarious. And it's just like, it's just a good, it's a good watch on, if you're on YouTube, check it out. But anyway, um, so that leads into the other news. Giro d'Italia today named or yesterday named their four wild wild card teams Mm -hmm. to no surprise to any Israel cycling Academy or the cycling Academy um, from Israel is a wild card, yep. which is great yeah, because the Giro is starting in Jerusalem. Um, unfortunately, David, or uh, f- uh, fan of the podcast and friend of the podcast, Dan from Nam, will not be uh, on the team this year uh, doing the Giro. But you do have the other two teams. You have Androni Giocolani. <laughs> I can't even pronounce these. Androni. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have you have Bart, Bart, Bardiani CSF, mm-hmm. and then you have Willier uh Tristini, Sella Italia. So you have oh, the Italian teams that have oh. 800 um, sponsors yeah. each. Mm-hmm. That means you're going to have Dam- Damiano Cunego in the uh, race. And you will have Wait, is um, Cunego Pippo. on one of those teams? He's got to be. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Why, would, why would the little prince? I, I'm assuming. I haven't even checked. People, people watch no, he's on People the, Watch um... 2018 is on. That is the big announcement here. Giro, we're all looking forward to May. We want to see what people's got for the people. The people. Oh, I want that to work real bad. Um, the yeah, people. The what's people. interesting to me about these um, team choices is didn't uh, didn't Bardini CSF or whatever, didn't they have like 100 yeah. doping cases last year? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait. So yeah, Tim. Cunego's not going. He's <laughs> no, he's on, he's on Nipo Fatini. Yeah. How come Nipo Fatini... Vina Fatini is not there, but yeah, Spencer, you're totally right. They had two doping positives before the race even started. Yeah. How? That's okay, terrible. That's unbelievable. That's so stupid. Yeah. I, I thought I had heard somewhere that the RAI and the um, the is the Italian Cycling Federation have an agreement that whoever is the top ranked, yeah, Italian continental team gets an automatic yeah, get invite, in. and I believe that's Bardini CSF. How can they beat the top ranked team? Weren't they suspended as a team for a couple of months? (laughs) I don't think they were. Yeah, no, I know you're right. You're right about that. They're going to find a way in the rules to put whatever team gives them the most money into this race. We we know that's how it works. That's that's why teams like Silence don't get into the Tour of California or Utah or whatever and like Rally or whoever. Jelly Belly is always in Okay, I, I want to talk about that, Spencer. Let's bring sure. that. Okay, remember a few years ago where they there was like this whole scandal about almost a pay-for-play situation where these guys were getting signed to teams if they brought sponsors along yeah. with them? Like, remember which, that? Oh, like, yeah. which, what I mean, is wrong with that? basically Italian cycling. Like, like, I don't understand what's wrong with that. No, that's, like, that's how all, those because... jerseys that we just made fun of for yeah. having 100 sponsors, that's how they get that way is each exactly. guy on the team so, brought one of them along or two of them along. So why, why, why is that a bad thing? It's like, not. That's how F1 exists. Yeah. Like, like whoever has the Russian benefactor know. gets a seat in the F1 car and then the fast guy is in car one. And I don't understand why the UCI was making a big deal about this like shady – like I don't know. If you're a gazillionaire and you have a kid that's like – well, like your son is a cat one or they your do daughter's it, a cat one. And they and do like, it under the hey, table. You know what? I'll sponsor the team. Yeah, they got to do yeah. it above board instead of under the table, you know? Because, Tim, you know what that leads to? It leads to situations like DeLuca. That's how DeLuca got his last contract. Yeah, and it was amazing. <laughs> well. And he almost immediately got popped and brought down Spencer's chubby little buddy with him, whatever that dude's yeah. name was. 
that was on I the don't team. But the, yeah. The, yeah. The point is, is that, <laughs> that like those Italian teams, I know with like hundreds of sponsors, but they, there's this gray area where the UCI decides to kind of enforce something and then not. And it's kind of hilarious that you're like, yeah, you know, that guy, his dad's an industrialist. They make, um, Zambonis, and then therefore they're gonna, uh, you know, just put that on the the jersey, and he get a ride in the door or in the the Giro. It's great. Yeah, I love it. Well, <laughs> those guys better watch out because I don't know. You guys watch a lot of Matlock, but wealthy industrialists are getting picked off one by one. Like <laughs> every time I turn that on, some wealthy industrialist just got killed. <laughs> Gotta be careful well, out there. There you have it. The Israel Cycling Academy does get a uh, spot. Aqua Blue gets passed over, which is. Fortunate for us because that means there's going to be a heck of a lot less bandwidth about one by road bikes. We're going to have to wait till the Vuelta now to see uh, see those, unless they get a start a uh, wild card in the tour, which I don't think they got a, a tour wild card. So um, it's they going to be a little announced that it's going to be a little while to see those. But um, so with that being said, I think that the other pivot that we have here on pro racing and. I know we almost have a um, we have an agreement, an unwritten agreement, not to really like get into Lance Armstrong stuff, but it is such an important thing in the cycling economy for where we've come from too. He's back in the news again. This time is because the Tour of Flanders organization invited him to like speak at a business conference because of his podcast, and then possibly do some coverage for his podcast. And remember, he was also going to go to the uh, Tour of California or Colorado, Colorado. whatever yeah. the, Qu- the Quiznos stage race or whatever that's called. And, you know, the UCI wrote a letter like, oh, you're going to be banned. Like, like your, your race isn't going to be UCI sanctioned if Lance shows up. At what point is enough enough with this guy? I mean, I don't – like, why do they even really care at this point if he shows up to do a podcast? Like, I don't have an issue with that, to be honest. Like, it's – even though I don't really like the guy, I'm kind of like, whatever, man. The, the guy – he's old. Like, it doesn't matter anymore. You know? Floyd's going to get paid. A great it's a gonna asshole. Be great. Yeah, sure. But – you know what? Like at some point, like so, he does have the right to, you know, he does have a job. He absolutely right? does. He does, but he's banned from life from, from UCI from events. But he's he can but he can go podcast. there and do his podcast, yeah. and that's fine. But he can't do it as an official part yeah. of the race. Like that's the difference. So what's stopping totally him from going there and just doing his podcast and being having a Lance yeah. Armstrong night at the local pub down the way from the finish line? He can do that as long as it's not at the invitation of a UCI event. It's not rocket science. Yeah, I think that's where the So if I was like, a UCI event, what I would do is go back channel, yeah. write an email yeah. to Lance from uh, you know, whatever my fake Gmail account is and just be like, hey, you guys should totally come cover it. Uh, talk to my wealthy industrialist friend over uh-huh. here. He's going to put you up in a hotel <laughs> his, room. His name because is his Thaddeus pod- Bellwether. He'll be in touch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and his podcast is pretty damn popular that like of course you want that coverage because he's getting all of those right the freds that don't watch the tour of flanders anyway or watch the quizno stage race of colorado want America. those people i how many people listen to the uh, the lance a lot a lot of people a lot like like, like it's insane dream numbers for us like our dozens of listeners pale in comparison and I guess it's the same as as just like i can't imagine why you would listen to that guy and it's the same way i can't imagine but, that so Almost I listened, half the country voted for Donald Trump. So it's the same thing. I'm just it's like outside of my world view that I can even imagine it happened. But I don't have an issue with him showing up to these races on his own. I I just don't even see why the UCI no, needs fine. to like even and that's, get involved. And that's where because yeah. he's invitation you're, man. I mean it's Yeah, just, your initial rant, Tim, was like spot on. Like I don't care what he does. I, he can live his life and do his thing 
except for the UCI is right. They kicked him out for a reason because he broke the rules, whatever. And they, that's just how it is. And he needs to stop trying to push his way back in. It's pointless. Like just yeah. do it on his own. He has a big enough brand. It's not like nobody's going to, you know, know who he is anymore. Like it's fine. So, so speaking of um, UCI and everything, I don't know if you guys also listen to Crosshairs Radio. He did answer the question on why the women's race at Cyclocross Nationals can't go last. And Bill came in with the, you know, the straightforward, I guess, rational answer. And it's because the UCI dictates what the race schedule is on at National Championship Day. Oh. So therefore, oh, yeah. the U- USA Cycling doesn't really have much uh, leeway to kind of change it. But hmm. So that's that that's answer. Weird. We should still be pushing USA yeah. Cycling to go rogue and uh, put uh, Katie Compton last. Because I just think it would be awesome. Just really stick it to the man, but uh, you know, it yeah, is what it is. So we've got that. Um, do you guys have anything else that you need to add on the pro cycling ranks before we get into some of the cool stuff that you know where bike racing is cool, like bike swaps, grassroots bike mm-hmm. racing, um, some new uh, some new gear and uh, other things. No, I'm just glad that that Australian training camp that's been getting all this coverage is finally done. <laughs> Start seeing some south of France races where everyone's all bundled up and yeah. so, everyone looks cold and kind of unhappy. Uh, that's the, what I, that's what I want to start watching on my days off. You when know, I was on the ride today, someone's it. like, "Oh, did you watch the tour of down the tour down under?" And I said, "No, real, real racing doesn't start until Tour de Lang Lang What? I was I was like, that, Wait, that's that... real racing. <laughs> I mean, that's it has a really high finish. Your podcast. Slow ride card is revoked. What? <laughs> what is this tragedy that you that just came out of your mouth? This train wreck that is just piled up in front of me that I can't look away from. Real racing starts. Tim, real racing starts. Racing. We all at Het Vogue, and we still call it Het Vogue because that's what it's called. <laughs> I mean, it does, but like real training races start in a couple of weeks when there's all kinds of weird little one day French right, races right. Pre-season. that are, that are pretty fun to watch. Yeah. yeah like now, I, I want to watch those cause I want to watch yes. my joke little was little French guys win and, and all the big name guys be kind of like overweight and off the pace. Like that's what I yeah. want. Like I want Nibali to get over his diarrhea. He's got right now. <laughs> and I want him to like yeah. show up cause that's what he does. He has diarrhea. I'm not making this up. He's got diarrhea. I think that the only reason yeah. I brought up Tour de Lang Cowie was because that was the Tour Down Under before Tour Down Under, yeah. right? Like that was yeah, the race that you're like, kinda, yeah. I think Chris Horner would win on a mountain or some other like Team Saturn or, you know, some. Gobble up those UCI what, like, points, health, like, hey. Yeah. Like United Healthcare style team oh. would just go over there and. Oh, uh, we do. Win. We do have at least one Australian listener. So we should apologize for making fun of their training camps that they have. They do give it a lot of press, which, which does, you know. Make it ripe oh, for nice. uh, I mean, poking fun of, but uh, hopefully no one got injured seriously by magpies or whatever they have there uh, that, that swoop down on people when they're riding. I'm Kerry Werner, and you're listening to the Slow Rock Podcast. Nice. This week on the Prem Lap, once again, you know who we're racing for. We're racing for Endura, endurasport.com. Go to go there, pick out some gear, the entire catalog at 20% off. Use the coupon code WIDEANGLE20, all one word, 
Um, no capitals, yeah. Case sensitive, just wide angle, two zero. And you're going to enter that coupon code after you check out. All the way at the end, you're going to save 20%. Here's um, some of the gear that you can get in there. They sponsor Danny McCaskill. So if you're a mountain bike rider and you uh, like to throw yourself off of buildings or different types of staircases, bulletproof gear. <laughs> if you are a mountain bike rider that doesn't like to walk around in spandex, baggies. Baggies are the way to go. Um, Bill was talking about uh, getting some uh, Humvee 2s, which are sweet shorts that you can snap out the liner and then wear around wherever you're doing work. If you need pockets, yep. good stuff. If you're a road rider, check out the um, Pro SL lineup. That's going to be your high-end Lycra gear worn by Movistar in the World Tour ranks and the Movistar women's team and the Cervella Bigla squad. So all of that is covered. In addition, they're from Scotland. Crappy weather in Scotland. And Dura embraces the fact that their weather is crap all the time. It might get sunny like 10 days of the year. So they know how to make rain gear to the next level. You, so any type of now, crappy weather. How come I'm cutting you off here because yeah, I've just realized how come they have not used uh, Nessie in their advertising to this point? <laughs> Is there a reason? Is this a conspiracy? Is there something I should know? Well, or Nessie's agent, <gasps> Nessie's, Nessie's agent runs a really hard bar. I'm, I'm sure. I'm going to pull all the Endura ads that I've seen recently and actually going to scour the backgrounds because I have a feeling maybe Nessie's hidden in these photos and it could be their <laughs> very own version of Hincappy. Oh, it could be. That's a, that's a good point. I, <sighs> you know, Nessie, I'm going to check you know, the website. Like you think, like you think Nessie's going to show Endura, up just like Hincappy and then never Endurasport.com, does. Endurasport.com, so. you said? Yep, endurasport.com. Okay. Check out the and entire catalog now. you've got. Oh, God, this is going to be good. Um, so I actually, I was on the trainer today because the weather is garbage. Um, I had, uh, my basement's like, I don't know, 20 degrees. It's awesome. It's super cool. So I actually wore my uh, my thermal uh, tights um, that I have from Endura <laughs> because they were, they made it toasty and comfortable down there. And I got to say, they're, they're good stuff. Um I also wear them when I'm commuting into work. So uh, A plus so for me. We used to sell the gear at uh, Swift Cycle in uh, um, Gainesville. 607 very popular. Uh, West University. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Rest in peace. Now it's a coffee shop. Vegan coffee shop. So Where'd they get um, vegan coffee? Anymore. But um, when you, crazy when you go to the uh, – well, they got vegan ice cream. So um, that – we sold Endura there. They have an entire catalog. The catalog is a whole range from booties, wool, wool gear to complete waterproof. Check it out. Endurasport.com. Use the coupon code WIDEANGLE20 when you check out to save 20% on the entire catalog. Exactly. Also, healthiq.com. We've said it before. We'll say it after. It's time to grow up. It's time to get some life insurance. Healthiq.com is going to be the place for you to save money on your life insurance because you're a healthy individual. Yes. Um, go to health, healthiq.com slash slow ride to find out how to save money. Um, you Make sure you put in slow ride. It gives us the bump. Uh, it's great stuff. So we'd like to thank Health IQ for their continued support. We've talked about it countless times, but check it out. Yeah, and it's it's super easy. Um, you just head over uh, healthiq.com slash slow ride um, and you take a quiz, right? And it's, quiz is easy because it's about bikes. It's about cycling. And uh you guys know all about that stuff and you're going to score elite and right then bang, you're saving money. And, uh, after that, everything you do saves you even more money. If you're riding your bike 50 miles a week, saving money. If you can send them, you know, your Strava files and show them that you're putting in the miles, boom, saving money. Uh, everything you do saves money. They also 
forgive uh, one instance of uh, a family history issue. So even if you have that going on, they can save you money. Uh, do yourself a favor, check it out, help us out. Uh, head over to healthiq.com slash slow ride to learn more. That's right. And Wide Angle Podium Network has a new app in both the Google Play Store and the Apple iTunes stores. Check it out. Just uh, search Wide Angle and you're going to see the Wide Angle Podium Network app in there. So that's a great way to see what shows are new, what's easy. You just turn it on and then it automatically updates. You can play straight from the app. It's great stuff. Check it out. It's easy. Um, Rate and review that uh, app if you can. And then also... um, you know, continue to send us uh, emails at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com and tweet us at the slow ride pod. Let us know um, that you downloaded the app and that you're listening to it. It's uh, great to get that kind of feedback. Yeah. And uh, guys, let's get back to the show. We got some good emails here. Slow ride podcast. Matthew Brushel, think of Saxon. I'm Lauren Stevens and I'm here at the World Championship Road Race. This is Liam from Podium Insight. It's for Sam Bahati. I'm Alex Dowser, and normally I'm racing for Movie Star. Here I'm racing for Team GB. You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, hit me with him. All right, so the first email that we have this week is from Douglas Niper. Douglas hits us up and he says, Hey guys at the Slow Ride, with so many people in the colder regions logging trainer miles on games like Zwift, in which you can virtually ride through other cyclists. Do you feel that there may be an increase of real-life crashes during 2018? Looking forward to waving at you guys during an upcoming Slow Ride Zwift event. Douglas Evil Niper. Well, Douglas, I think we are going to see an increase of crashing of people trying to ride through the person in front of them. I haven't even thought about this, but I have experienced Mm -hmm. this on Zwift. And, uh, you know, teleportation. It's going to be great. It's the future. Little guy, what are your thoughts about Zwift and the gaming uh, Um, mechanisms? My thought is that I haven't been on Zwift mm. yet. Um, I'm waiting for the world premiere of our special slow ride ride um, for me to do it. So that's weird. You get to ride right through people? I didn't know that. It's, it's kind of ghostly. <laughs> yeah, it's like if Mario could walk through Luigi, you know what I mean? Do So when you ride through someone, do you are you just instantly on the other side or do you have like a sort of a, a ghostly... Uh, mist comes you over you actually get to, to every time you. you go through somebody you get five of their watts and you get to add them to your watts total so what you're trying to do oh, is cool, get to the finish cool. line with the most watts okay if i speed so if i'm riding right behind tim and i see he's putting out 374 watts 220 watts number, like That's... regular number tim's pumping out and i i'm a little lighter so i i like put out 300 watts right and that perfectly makes me going the same speed so i'm like we're sort of holding the same space how will that work well it's an algorithm it's an algorithm (laughs) (laughs) no uh, oh so it's not it's not i think i think the biggest uh uh uh, thing that could cause crashes due to uh zwift zwift related into real life is the most disturbing thing. Now, I've been exploring Zwift a little bit. I'm going to admit to you guys, I I don't want to do this, but I've been exploring Zwift a little bit uh, in preparation, so I know what I'm getting into here, leading into hopefully our our, our events coming up. But um, they allow, in groups, regular road bikes and 
triathlon bikes or TT bikes. <laughs> okay. Now, if we put this situation on the real roads of, of, of America and worldwide, there could be carnage, total chaos in the streets. There's, there's so much to discuss here. Um, because this was going to be one of my questions I had was going to ask you guys that I was talking about in the podcast green room here at what, how long can we keep a grudge on a rider? So what I'm going to get at here is I was on a ride and guy shows up with the time trial TT extensions, right? Bar end extensions in the middle of the group, single file while we're flying down a road at like 28 miles an hour. And I'm on his wheel and he's in the extensions and I decide I don't want to be there anymore. So I go to pass him. I go up on his uh, left and I kind of do the old track move where I just kind of get my elbows in front of his handlebars and just slowly start getting into the – creating a gap yeah. <laughs> and then getting into that gap. As you do. Normally not a, a very – I mean it was safe because I was doing it, but um, I can see that he probably <laughs> didn't enjoy that that much. And in a very nice way, he put his hand on my hip and was like, hey, I'm here. Um, let me know he was there. He was not appreciative of what I was doing, well, but then I turned around to say, hey, no bar no bar extensions <laughs> in the group ride, right? And then I get in front of him. At the uh, end of the okay. ride, we're um, coming back, and I kind of apologize to him. I go up, put my hand on the shoulders, like, hey, man, great riding with you. You know, I just – I don't, don't like being behind a guy in extensions in the group because it's not safe. Well, I'm a very safe rider, he says. Like, everything's fine. So my question is, ever since that ride – and it's been maybe like 15, 16 weeks of riding with him now. He has not brought back the bar end extension. So I feel like maybe I did do. You did on the entire but community a service. Here's my question. How long should I hold the grudge against this guy because he brought bar end oh, extensions? Wait on the a ride? second. Because now, right away, all I think about Hang is on, like, Tim. That guy brought arrow bars on now, the ride. I, I, like I, what, but he's a nice guy. Where I thought you were going with this is how long can he hold the grudge against you? Yeah, oh, I no, know. I was no, confused no, why, no. why well, you're, yeah. you're the one still This is wrong. interesting. <laughs> this is an interesting <laughs> twist that I didn't expect. So I, yeah. I can we can answer both sides of this question, I think, today. I don't think he wants to... Um, Fight you? Probably not. I don't think he wanted to like me, but then since he ends yeah, up living kind of in my neighborhood, that we were riding together back and then we got talking and he's a really nice guy. I'm a nice guy and we got along, but so, I still think every time I see him, like that guy showed up with bar end extensions and I'm like, or the, uh, the arrow bar extensions and no, he hasn't done it since. So I think that at what point does he get a clean, clean slate here? here here's how I think you judge it. Um, were they, what kind of clip ons were they? Cause were they vintage? Like, uh, they were the vision bars, were they? like the vision. Oh, okay. <laughs> Because like they weren't the vintage, like, what are they, sp- what are they called? Spicolis or though? whatever? Yeah. yeah. No, no. If they were those. That'd be okay. Um, and maybe this guy's on, uh, you know, like a mid-90s Kalnago titanium with the dual down tubes and stuff. This guy's just super cool. And he just wants to keep the bike <laughs> vintage and complete. And he wasn't trying to do any harm, mm-hmm. you know. But vision bars, yeah, I don't know. I'd say hate him for life. <laughs> okay, that's a strong, that's a strong statement wow. from little guy. I'm going to say you can forgive him after two rides that he showed up on without the uh, extensions. And you're like, okay, he got it. Like, it wasn't a fluke last week. This week is, again, without the the TT bars. Um, And, you know, like, every single one of us out there has has been the new guy on a ride and or or in cycling in general and done something not within the unspoken rules that we weren't 
how are we even supposed to know? And somebody has to go, oh, your bib shorts are on inside out. And, and then, you know, you next week there, you show up and they're the right way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it just, yeah, I, I think that the, now I, I, in, in retrospect, I wish that I saw that he had the extensions earlier in the ride, but I was never behind him, nor were we ever strung out at 28 miles an hour. And I was like suffering and I was freaking out because I know this road has a ton of potholes and I didn't want to be behind a, a guy in the, in the bars. Yeah. Who can't, use I wish that brakes. I would have went up to him in in friendly way and said like, Hey, you know, with the bars, you should be at the back of the group. Just hang, you know, go to the back, like where people with arrow bars belong. And you're, you know, you just kind of hang back there or you go off the front. I don't really care, but not in the middle of the group. I wish I would have said it in like a, a like a, a nice way rather than totally <laughs> doing like the, you sound kind of like a jerk. Yeah. Well, it was, but I also was suffering. Like I was like, I needed to get well, back in the so draft. Now, like I now we're to where, how long of a grudge can this guy hold against you? And I think, yeah. I think we're talking years at this point. I think, Okay. I think we can get into some serious numbers. Okay. All right. So next <laughs> I th- question. I think you're probably fine. <laughs> on the ride today, because um, I'm the only one riding bikes right now on group rides. On the ride today. Yeah, it's true. Riding along. And, uh, you know, everyone's like kind of riding on their on their hoods and it's not going fast yet. And then it gets fast and we go into the drops. The gentleman in front of me, well, like three people in front of me at the start. Everyone gets into their drops, and when you get into your drops, y- your back kind of extends down a little bit, right? Gets a little bit flatter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the rear panel of his shorts all of a sudden became very see-through when there's yeah. that extra, you know, kind of stretch in the lycra. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now it was the top part, so you just saw a solid crack, see-through. Nice guy. Mm-hmm. How do you bring that one up? Because I was so. Quickly, it went from three people between us to just all of a sudden me because the the three people in front of me were like, I'm out of here. <laughs> like they, they went around to go in front of the guy. Sure. And then I'm like, all right, I got to get out of here too. And then I, I pass him. And then because he, he there's no way he knows because like if you knew that your shorts were see-through, you're not going to wear them. But how do you check? Like it's not like you have you a can't wall, check. Like a, no, a mirror this, behind you. Like you take a somebody, selfie. Like you know, like no, you yeah, somebody has to tell him. And here's so, here's what I would do in in your shoes, Tim. I think I would take the approach of, uh, you know, maybe the maybe the ride stops at the cafe in the middle or at the end of the ride, whatever. Just casually strike up the conversation and be like, ah, great kit. Who makes it? And he's gonna say, oh, it's a Peralazumi or whatever. And you're like, oh. You must like it a lot. Probably been wearing this for a few years, huh? And he'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Real into it. My favorite pair. It's like, ah, yeah, I always try and switch yeah. mine out every year because, <laughs> you know, they really start to wear out after a while. And then just sort of walk away. And hopefully that some, you know, some of the spaghetti you threw against the wall starts to stick, you know? So I didn't, I, I don't know this guy. And then I was like, okay, I can't go up to him and say it because I already have a bad track record of of trying to introduce so-called ride rules like the bar and extensions. (laughs) So I'm up there and I'm like, I don't know. Well, someone does go and talk to him. Kind of the leader of the ride, like the the main guy in town. One of the fastest guys goes Mm -hmm. up and talks to him. So afterwards I say, hey, how did you um, approach this topic? He's like, oh, I just told him. I was like – Hey man, I don't know if you know this, but uh, your shorts are see-through. And then, because the guy went yeah. to the Dude. back, because someone obviously said something to him. So I was trying to figure out like who the hero was. Because <laughs> it, it's a very like 
I thought of like, you, I, like I felt so bad for the guy because that's probably happened to me and no one ever told I me. I thought of another later, another. You guys would have solution. never told me. No, no, I wouldn't. You guys, have told you guys you. would have been, been like, you. "Tim, I'm go sure to the front again." Tim, I've got I've got another solution for you. Actually, that might be even better than the first one. I've just I've just come up with this. Same scenario: cafe, whatever, bike shop, the end of the ride. Say, uh, you come up to him and you say, "Hey, you got a tattoo on your ass." Ah, see, and he's gonna say no, and you're gonna say, "I know, (laughs) I can see the whole (laughs) thing," and then just walk away. And he's also gonna get the idea. So, yeah, friend of the podcast, uh, Ryan Fisher, has a thumbs up tattoo, like on his like uh, upper, like lower back, like above the um, above his ass. And so he used to wear like a white pair of bibs that had the black part where that should be black but then it had the whiter upper yeah so when he was in the drops you would see the thumbs up like through the lycra it was pretty well like tastefully done and that that's what that makes me think of so i like that idea spencer like oh yeah tastefully done. <laughs> i know all right um those are two things and this is what happens when you go out on rides and great people like you're just trying not to like trying to figure it out but anyways another email uh, we got Jim Norvold hits us up and he uh, says, hey, a topic of discussion for the slow ride. So I'm watching the Elite Men's Cross National Championships, and at some point I noticed Stephen Hyde's base layer. I immediately started to laugh. You're probably too young to remember this. Um, Jim did send this to you, Spencer, so we know that you're not too young. Mm. But anyway. Mm. But the base layers look exactly like the leathers that Evil Knievel used to ride with um, when he was, you know, jumping cars on his motorcycle or jumping the Grand Canyon. I looked at Neville's uh, wiki page, saw that he lived much of his life in Florida, then saw this picture. I could very much see Hyde wearing this outfit and trying to jump a bunch of cars on a motorcycle as well. If I did a show that was known for rumors, this would come <laughs> straight from the source. So there you have it. So and he includes like two pictures, and one is with Evil Knievel with a, um, a bicycle. Um, and he's in the, uh, the leathers that kind of have the blue and white, um, stars kind of forming a V over a bit his of like, a chest. Elvis thing going on with that outfit. Um, yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, and Hyde has a very clear base layer that looks very similar. Now, Spencer, you got another email about this, correct? I did. Um, I got, I got an inquiry, uh, as to whether or not we thought, um, the evil Knievel theme was a little too, uh, close to, a little further away from the stars and stripes and a little closer to the stars and bars, if you will. Um, do you guys have no. any take on that? I I don't think that that's the case. I think it's some old Americana uh, stylings, but uh, I, I hadn't, honestly, I haven't ever considered that angle. I would say that is old American, I mean, old Americana um, styling. It's I don't think it has anything uh, to do with that because Evil Knievel was so into the red, white, and blue, and I think it's just a classy look. And then also, um, from what we know about Hyde, even though Hyde's from Pensacola, Florida, there's yeah. no way Hyde is going to be rocking anything similar. So that uh, I think that that take is uh, That's totally true. incorrect. Hyde, I think it's yeah. Hyde as a person is is very much uh, uh, from a punk rock kind of background, and uh, and not wouldn't be rocking anything purposefully. Uh, uh, you know, I. I was pretty happy to see the picture, and it's it's very clearly similar. Oh yeah, um, we should maybe uh, get uh, someone to investigate with uh, Hyde, maybe uh, um, to see because it, it's pretty cool to see. I I, li- I like seeing a little uh, I do, little shout. I, I do out. think it's funny because there's such weird strict uh, rules about the jersey, 
but nobody said you couldn't do something weird on the base layer, you know? So I was uh, hanging out here in uh, Orlando the other night with a gentleman that got Stephen Hyde into writing. Like, uh, so everyone will claim that they kind of got Hyde into writing, but Hyde was into, you know, BMX, kind of doing the flatland tricks and all that in Pensacola. But to get into road riding, he definitely had some, like, kind of benefactors that helped get him, like, the right gear. Like, we we all have those friends that take us on our first ride and, you know, kind of help us out. Bill O'Reilly is a big one up in uh, Minnesota, kind of, like, getting us all uh, hooked up. And he was talking a lot about Hyde and Hyde coming along as a junior and just, like, really getting into the the scene. It was uh, pretty cool to hear. So Hyde's got fans all over, and we both expressed a little bit of disappointment when you see the uh, – you know, the race, uh, the, the names on the uh, broadcast, and we'll say like Stephen Hyde, East Hampton, Massachusetts, instead of Pensacola, Florida, because that would be uh, pretty cool to see. A little, a little bit of a shout out. Come on, Stephen, give, uh, give the Sunshine State a little bit of a bone here. <laughs> uh, okay. And then uh, Florian Abrahamson uh, hits us up, and uh, Florian goes, hey, from Germany. Sending some love back to Minnesota, the place I grew up. Shout out to Fast Freddie Fern, teacher from White Bear Lake, who got me into cycling. And then he says, oh, by the way, I enjoy listening to you guys. Thanks and have a good day. The serial number for your uh, <laughs> Focus bike should be under the bottom bracket on the non-drive side. There you go. To which it's still – it's not there. I checked. It is um, – So you have a bootleg. It is on the dropouts. It is on the dropouts. All right. Um, so, Spencer, that was your critique that it was going to be in the dropout area. So I did find it. So there you have it. Um, you must have Florian, a, an thank an you so much one. for your email. You can always uh, hit us up with your email at uh, – slowridepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, give us your questions and anything else that you've got. We have a, a slew of um, tweets that uh, came across. Uh, Brandon Masterman hit us up and he says, now that you've seen the uh, ride Argyle kit in the Peloton, I think little guy Matt is right. Neon pick and green with black bibs make for one of the best kits. Enough with the traditional, re- the traditional retro conservative kits. I want 80 style neon for life. And that's from Brendan Masterson. Um, and that, yeah, that couples right away with Jonathan Crane, a friend of the podcast from Birmingham, Alabama, who hits us up with, you know, I know there's a lot of consternation about the EF kit, but Mitch Docker looks amazing. And I don't know, little guy, did you see the pictures of Mitch Docker in that kit? Yeah. He's got the look down right now. He's, uh, he's going, I like that he's gone, I mean, he's kind of been going all in for a while, but with the kit now, it's like he's gone full in on like a early 90s parody um it's awesome <laughs> he's got the mustache but then he has the the, the sideburn the, yeah. like the steps and the sideburn is that what we oh, used yeah. to call it when we were kids because i guess yeah i don't remember what i said when i went in and asked for it yeah did you used to have one with your rat tail i never really had a good rat tail but i had like a cool i had side spike for a while and i had then i had the lines and had kind of like a I was going for like a vanilla ice like wave, uh, you know, the like nice. giant front kind of pompadour, but like sort of thing. I've seen that. Um, I'll I'll dig up some pictures. <laughs> it never worked too well. I think I used too much product. Mm. I didn't have my I didn't have my product game down. Yeah. If you um, you know, hey, you know, on the uh, real quick, I I know this is NBA basketball, but there's a guy on the Orlando <laughs> Magic that I went to go see that okay. has some of the craziest hair. That I have ever seen in the NBA, so go check Is it, it out. Like Birdman or whatever that no, crazy it's, it's, dude. It's from beyond years that. Ago? Like it's um, it, it, he's on all the uh, billboards around the city because it's that it's it's amazing. It's a uh, it it kind of comes down like a feather. 
like in the front, like it's just like a, a flume of like a peacock's flume, but going forward, it, it's amazing. Check it out. Go to OrlandoMagic.com, type in just hair, okay, and then I'm sure it will come up. So, <laughs> um, other tweets that we got, okay. Michael Martin hit us up with a quick shout out. Um, the reason why it was a great picture, um, of CC Reuter of uh, Twitter fame on there, and it was a Klein corner, and the Klein was actually in the picture's this- corner. Yeah, you know, Spencer, can you tell me a little bit more about this? Now, because you know it's in the area, but the Klein corner, the Klein was in the corner. I think there's a lot of amazing things going on in this photo. If you haven't seen it, we should uh, we should retweet it if we can. Um, but it's a photo from a local bike race here, uh, the Greenfield Criterium, which uh, the Slow Ride Podcast sponsored. Um, and uh, it's it's a there's a human centipede sort of thing going on with people pinning numbers on each other like three in a row, but and which is a pretty funny photo. In and of itself, but yep. in the background, leaning up against a tree at an actual bike race is a Klein road bike that looks like it's ready to race. Solid, man. It's still a solid race bike, you know? Absolutely. All eight speeds um, clicking through, ready to go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty sweet. Um, now, you know, I, I was going to tell you guys this. That's pretty cool. I've been sort of lately like digging deep into weird 70s and 80s french aluminum uh builders and um, wow that's a, does the internet go down into that hole it <laughs> does it's, a lot of it's in french but man i'm like um i've i bet they're whippy and not good to ride at all but i really want some of these weird things and i i can't even release the names because i want i don't want the ebay yeah um hits to go up because i want when these things pop up i, want I think the only, the only one that i would know about is like decathlon or something what about terranaut uh, those are british are they really terranaut wasn't f- isn't decathlon like a maybe i don't know decathlon is like, like a, a british it's, department it's store. a british yeah it's like <sighs> a um, dang well it's a cheap but and moda Bacon, for a so, while moda Bacon was doing the mbk uh trying to rebrand yeah, yeah. it was a little bit racier and a little less uh trashy yeah well, so here's a side note. The way I got onto some of these weird French builders is that I saw a picture from the 91 tour of my hero, Laurent Fignon, in the mountains riding a bike with canty brakes. He's on a road bike with canties. Okay. And I was like, what is up with this? It's obviously not like he's riding a cross bike. There isn't a lot of clearance. He's got like a 23 sure. at max. This is 1991. And it's tight clearance. So obviously there was some sort of marginal gains, like this was lighter than running the DA brakes or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. So I I assumed it was a CFEC or CIFEC. I don't right. know how you yeah. pronounce it. C-Y-F-A-C. Because that's who built his steel frames. Who had, I'd always heard all the Raleigh's he rode for years were not actually built by Raleigh. Go figure, right? Um, so whenever he's on those old steel 753 frames, he's on one of their frames. Sounds like it's got to be one of theirs. So I start digging around. I'm not finding anything, and I'm just like, what's going on? So I dig deeper, and it's this French builder named André Sablier who built this, who built these weird aluminum frames and built this weird canty bike that in 91, Fignon rode at the Tour, at least I know, okay. and at the World Championship. Okay. It's like his climbing bike. I was going to say, are those, I, those I, are I have, mountaintop finish bikes then because he's not going down the mountain with canty brakes. Well, maybe I don't know, but no, the world. So the world championships. If you watch the '91 World Championships, it's super hilly and stuff, and he's on that bike the whole day. So it's obviously his like a bike for the mountains, because I can also find '91 shots of him riding 
753 steel with Duray side poles and all the jazz. Um, but like, I want to know how much weight he saved. I'm hoping he saved more than like 20 grams or something <laughs> building up this like weird bike that has like XTR brakes on it as opposed to yeah. other ones. Anyway, that's, that's been my my, my bike rabbit hole lately. And don't worry, Klein, I'm going to come back. I love you still. <laughs> but like currently it's all about the weird French aluminum and they're all like super skinny tubed and I'm sure they're terrible to ride, but I really want one. I just want to ride it for like a day and then I'll resell it. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> good. The, uh, good luck with that, Michael. Michael Wilson. Yeah. Michael Wilson. Uh, we noticed you on uh, Twitter. Thanks for being the first one to uh, send over to us the uh, listens to the Slow Ride podcast once picture of Katie Compton coming across the finish line with the victory this morning. That was great to see. Kristen Mayo also hit us up. I don't know Spencer if you saw this uh, little guy. If you're also on Twitter um, with the. It was an old what? picture from Cycling Archives on Twitter, and it was uh, it says Glenn Longland steering the reversed forward Stoker tandem, and it's a tandem where the two riders are facing each other, and oh, one and one, one steer <laughs> one steers and one's the Stoker. It is a pretty amazing photo. Um, uh, that's so frightening sounding. But it, it sounds eerily aerodynamic. If you're the <laughs> I don't right eerily like like because yes. you can use your back to break the. Um, Sound barrier. Break the airflow. Yeah. Um, I looked at that photo for a long time, and I still cannot figure <laughs> out the physics of how that bicycle moves or in which direction it was moving. So we've got That's also two more tweets, both here from uh, the same individual, fr- fan of the podcast, has been crushing it on Twitter. Um, uh, Gouda. Colby Cheesy sent us those uh, Iron Man um, uh, visors we talked about last week. The first one he hits us up with is about, um, hey, how about the uh, most ridiculous failed drug test excuses for a draft corner? And uh, we're not going to draft – we're not not going to do a draft corner of all the ridiculous excuses. But he did include an article that links to cyclingmagazine.ca. And I will go into that real quick because one of the excuses is doped race pigeons – and it says, Andre yeah. Vanderpool tested positive for striacine in 1983. The substance was found in rat poison and in a small doses yeah. was used to negate the effect of tired leg muscles. Vanderpool, the father of young cyclocross and mountain bike phenom <laughs> and 2012 world junior champion and future world champion, Matthew Vanderpool, yeah. blamed the positive test on eating a pigeon pie made with his father's race pigeons, which had also been doped with the substance. You know it. That is a brutal family. If he is actually <laughs> eating the pigeons of his father's, uh, like his father's race pigeons, like you're too slow, we're gonna now eat you in a pigeon pie. Um, mm-hmm. Little guy, I believe you did take the Vanderpool family, correct? With the draft? Oh, I mean, I took the dad and I took the son, um, and I didn't take uh, the brother. I'm sorry. He's now, still good. In this, um, no, I know that. I'd heard that excuse before. That's that good. is it is one of the better excuses. That, ever. That's good. So it's... so just some of the so there's uh, some of the other excuses that have been used before erectile dysfunction. Mm-hmm. We have the yeah. the classic whiskey excuse from uh, Floyd Landis. Mm-hmm. Such we, a bad. We one. have the um, uh, the drugs are my mother in laws or you know a relative like Rico had you know the wrong blood. Or bag. the Simone the Simone got the cocaine chocolates yeah uh, snacks yeah. from his grandma or something. <laughs> right? And you have the we have the contaminated we have the contaminated beef yep. um, one. Yep. Um, we yeah, have yeah. the uh, that meal. Vinokurov was um, had the crash that caused the blood to rush to his legs um, excuse. 
about a you know, blood transfusion. Yeah, yeah. And then you have um, uh, another classic was Bjorn Lukemans when he was saying that he was making love to his wife when the testers showed up. So when the tester showed up, he had an elevated level of testosterone. Uh-huh. Um, I like that. I, I really like that erectile dysfunction one because they're really playing it to like, come on. Um, this is embarrassing. Obviously, I wouldn't lie. Yeah. You know, um, like I wouldn't say yeah. this. Like they're really trying to pull it. You're like, oh, come on. I would, who would want to admit to erectile dysfunction? So the dude can't be lying. It's, it's sneaky. It's yeah. obviously bullshit, but it's sneaky. Uh, Bardini, last year, a writer from Bardini, Michael Bresciani, um, mm-hmm. you know, blamed his uh, mother for her um, diuretic pills that just, you know, happened to be mixed on on his plate yeah, when she, she was making dinner. She, well, she cut him on the same cutting board. <laughs> Didn't mean he, that, the whole endeavor, he, she chops up her pills because, you know, she has to take half a pill a day. She chops them on the cutting board, Tim. And then she cooks up his food on that same cutting board, and she just forgot to, uh, you know, clean it one time. And then, uh, of course, that's actually solid because he's Italian, and that means he lives at home with his mom still. <laughs> so, but by far the greatest excuse Most of all time when it comes to when it comes to doping yeah. is, of course, the Tyler Hamilton vanishing twin, which yeah. we've talked about many times. Yes. So this leads into the tweet of the week once again from Colby Cheesy hat tip because he sends over to us the. Um, the article about uh, Femi uh, Beppu's Trek bike at the Tour Down Under, which is a special mm-hmm. edition bike. It is a promotion for the Japan Cup. They made 100 nice. frame sets sold within Japan exclusively, and it had ah. a custom Japan Cup paint job on the bike. Amazing. We also got tweets from uh, uh, employees over there at Trek talking about that's what happens when you have the Project One studio. So they have a custom edition Japan Cup bike that was at the Tour Down Under. I mean, tour down under. I guess now we'll talk about it because that was an amazing bike to see. So, uh, Japan Cup. When you're a six monument, that's what you get. It's true. That's yeah. nice. So, um, and with that, I mean, guys, I, I think we pretty much crushed it this week. Next week, we've got quite a few things to talk about. So, if you're a listener assignment, one of the things that uh, let us know what you're looking for because bike swap season is around the corner. So, if there's something. Mm-hmm. You're out there. I've got a bike swap coming up. A little guy, you've got a bike swap coming up. Spencer, you always have a bike swap yeah. in Boston. So if you've uh, got something out there you're looking for, tell us your deals because we love talking about bike swaps. We're going to have a bunch of pictures and coverage of the different bike swaps out there. There's a big one here yeah. in Orlando in two weeks. So um, I've got a table. It's going to be great to discuss. Um, you got t- I got a table too. You can always email us at the uh, slowridepodcast at gmail.com and hit us up on Twitter at the slowridepod. Um but thank you, thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. Thanks to BK1 for the use of the track uh, Tema Du Cannibal off the album Radio Du Cannibal. And uh, we'd like to thank Endurosport.com for their support. Use the coupon code WIDEANGLE20 for the entire catalog at 20% off. Enter the coupon code at the end of checkout. We'd also like to thank HealthIQ.com slash SlowRide for their continued support. Save some money on your life insurance. Go to HealthIQ.com slash SlowRide. And if you haven't already, please click subscribe on Apple Podcasts and give us a review. We'd love to read it on the air. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt, Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston. We will see you on the Greenway. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod.
the bike swap. Oh, can't wait. Bike swap season. Their bike bike. Before the bike swap. Come on. Dude, bike swap season's the best. I've got so many DVDs from Spencer working at World Cycling Production that, <laughs> that I think it's about time to. <laughs> Spencer, I'll, I'll give you a couple bucks if I'm able to move any of them, all right? I, I don't you think they can sue you. You will not be able to move any of them. 